Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. Hello, this is Martin Grote with an article from the August-September 2022 issue of Forbes magazine, America's premier business magazine, brought to you by Airs LA. This article is Money Heap on page 56. Garbage was the ultimate commodity business until a young McKinsey consultant saw how Republic Services could transform itself into a profit machine by pricing trash at a premium. Now he's CEO and Bill Gates is cashing fat dividend checks. By Chris Hellman. In the Sheep Mountains just north of Las Vegas, the Apex Landfill receives 8,000 tons of trash per day, delivered by 280 trucks that roll off the interstate before laboring up a winding dirt road to what's called the Working Face, an active zone of three acres where supersized bulldozers with spiked metal wheels crush and compact the trash. The heap is already 500 feet deep at spots, but there's enough room left to keep burying Sin City's garbage for centuries. Its owner, trash giant Republic Services, has a 15-year monopoly contract to collect trash and recyclables from the entire Las Vegas region. We prefer to call it a franchise, says CEO John Vander Ark, 47, who kicks back 5% of contract revenue, Ritz runs about $250 million a year, to Las Vegas County in return for exclusivity. Republic trucks some 28 tons a day of buffet and other food leftovers from hotels and casinos to a farm adjacent to the Apex landfill, where it's boiled into a yellow-brown stew slurped by 3,500 hogs. Other organic material rots over time and gives off methane, euphemistically called landfill gas, which Republic captures and sells at a premium to industrial users. Meanwhile, a mining company pays Republic a royalty on the 150 trucks per day of pulverized mountain stone that it hauls out of the site to make room for more loads of garbage coming in. The removed rock gets mixed into concrete for Vegas sidewalks. Next up, a new regional polymer center to profit from food and beverage manufacturers' willingness to pay more for high-quality recycled plastic than for virgin material. Republic, which is based in Phoenix, operates 198 landfills, 71 recycling centers, and collection routes in 41 states. After a pandemic down year in 2020, volumes recovered in 2021, helping it notch a 17% increase in net income to $1.3 billion on $11.3 billion in sales. Its stock, trading around $131, is down only 10%, from its 2021 high, compared to an 18% slide in the S&P 500. Vander Ark's secret? Fully embracing the concept that in his business, garbage is an asset and should be priced at a premium. Trash is worth so much more than we ever thought, he exults. Well, more than most people thought, anyway. Even back in 2009, when he began advising Republic as a young McKinsey consultant with a Harvard Law degree, Vander Ark saw the pricing power of trash. The pandemic underscored that the only thing we control is price. We don't control volume, and we don't create demand. 
I'm a cynic about hiring consultants from McKinsey, says Michael Hoffman, managing director at Baltimore's Stifle Investments, who has followed the garbage business since 2008. But John brought something that they wouldn't have figured out. Industrial waste has never priced assets as scarce, never maximized routes. Early on, the young consultant convinced then-CEO Don Slager that Republic wasn't charging independent trash haulers high enough tipping fees to dump their loads at Republic-owned landfills. The marginal cost of adding another few tons of trash to a landfill appeared deceptively low because it didn't include the high expenses of opening new landfills. In essence, Republic was selling its future profits too cheaply. Vander Ark argued that Republic should dramatically increase its fees. Operators that couldn't afford it would go elsewhere. Those that could pay were self-identifying as profitable enough to become Republic acquisition targets. It wasn't until 2019, Hoffman says, that Houston-based arch-rival Waste Management, with 2021 sales of $18 billion, caught up with Republic's aggressive landfill pricing. Both Waste Management and Republic, numbers one and two in trash, are the spawn of billionaire Wayne Huizenga, who died in 2018. He got his start hanging on the back of a trash truck, then acquired hundreds of competitors before taking Waste Management public in 1971. He left that company in 1984 and repeated his roll-up play with Blockbuster Video and AutoNation. Republic was spun out of AutoNation in 1999. When Vander Ark arrived on the scene, a decade later, Republic still hadn't moved past its roll-up routes. It operated under dozens of names, everything from Duncan Disposal to Trash Taxi, and hadn't standardized truck maintenance or fleet operations. You don't need to fix a truck 165 different ways. There ought to be one way to do it. Uptime equals profitability. You need to have a fleet that rolls, says Vander Ark who will even fly mechanics cross-country to keep trucks moving. Vander Ark's approach to growth and profit is illustrated by Republic's just-completed $2.2 billion acquisition of U.S. Ecology, which has a market-leading 36% share in hazardous waste disposal, with five landfills that entomb chemical, medical, and low-level nuclear waste. He didn't hesitate to pay a 70% premium to the pre-deal stock price for a company with lower operating margins than Republic's. That's because, with hazardous waste volumes growing faster than those of normal trash and opening new hazardous waste facilities nearly impossible, he will have the power to raise prices and expand margins. Despite such investments, Republic pays steady dividends. Its largest shareholder, Cascade Investments, Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates' personal holding company, receives more than $200 million a year in dividends from its 34% stake. Hoffman figures it's a good diversifier for Gates. Remember, we're talking about garbage, he says. It's capital-intensive and it's not compounding at 20% per year like software. But for the big players, it's become an extraordinarily repeatable and inflation-resistant business. And that concludes the article Money Heat by Chris Hellman. You can tell us what you think of this podcast or any podcast on Airs LA by emailing us at airslafeedback at gmail.com. Airs LA is a 100% voluntary organization whose purpose is to provide information to those who are blind or print impaired. This is Martin Grote 
I'm proud to be one of those volunteers, and I'll be back soon with other articles from Forbes magazine. Thank you for listening.